help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Tzadik Beis. We left off on Daf Tzadik Aleph Amid Beis, six lines from the bottom of the Amid. We started to learn about cutting trees down, how there is an Isser to cut trees down. And says the Gemara Omar Rav, Rav says that if you have a Dikla, if you have a palm tree, it's a tree that carries dates, the Ta'an Kaba, that is able in every season to produce a kav of dates, that is the tree upon which we say, say you're not allowed to chop it down. Implying that if the tree does not bear that amount of fruit, then you could cut it down. We learned in a Mishnah, how much olives do you have to have on an olive tree for you not to be allowed to cut it down? Says the Mishnah, a quarter of a kav, so is it a quarter of a kav? Or is it a kav? Answers the Gemara Shana Zesim the Chshivi. Zesim are chashiv. And let's interpret chashiv all about money. In other words, it has to make sense that the maintenance, that the work that you invest in keeping the tree functioning should be covered, at least equalized, by the produce that it gives. So olives are more expensive. Way more expensive than dates. Remember those sugis we had all the way in the beginning? How dates sometimes were very cheap. So olives are more expensive. So by olives, the roi v'hakav already covers the work on the tree and you're not allowed to cut it down. When it comes to dates, dates is cheaper. It has to produce a whole kav. Here you see again, as we mentioned in the last year, that baltashchis is only for no purpose. But if a person says that the maintenance is not worth it, it's giving me work, I don't recuperate it. Here we don't have the, the lav of cutting down a tree as we'll see soon in the Gemara. Amar Abchanina says Abchanina... Let's keep on going. This is a strong statement. That my son Shifchas died. You know why he died? Because he cut down a fig tree before the right time. And we have these stories. So however says Even if it's giving off fruit, if wood is financially worth more than the fruit, then mutter. In other words, the concept of baltashchis, the concept of hashchasa, the issue is to destroy. Destruction, that word is used when you're doing it for no reason. The moment there's a reason for it, you can't call that hashchasa. Now, we're not saying that you should do it. People will still care, careful not to themselves uproot a fruit tree. But it's only considered baltashchis and sometimes with this consequence, a terrible consequence, if it's done for no purpose. Tanya nami it says on Parsha Shoiftim, that's the source, the Pasuk reads like this, that if you're making a war against an against uh, 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 army, against the city, the Torah says, don't cut leisashchis es eitzah. Lindoyach memen garzen. You know, if you want to make a siege, don't cut the trees down, because are the trees fighting you? But then the next Pasuk says, that rak eitz, asher teida kiloi eitz machalu, only a tree that you know that that tree is not a fruit producing tree that tree you can destroy and cut down to make the siege so the literal meaning is is that if it doesn't produce fruit you can cut it down so says the saw the beginning of the Pasuk is mamish extra because the Pasuk could have began that if it's not an eitz machol then you can cut it down why did the trader have to begin with the words rak eitz asher teida only a tree that you know so the Braisa says those words refer to a yes fruit tree. Rak eitz asher teida. Extra words. The Elon Michael. It refers to a fruit producing tree. 
that you could cut it down, but it's a contradiction, because could you or can't you? And then when the Pasuk continues, Ki loy eitz that if the tree is not a tree that produces fruit, the ilan sarag that goes to a non-fruit tree. So asks the Gemara, now that you included even an eitz michael, that you are allowed to cut a tree down to use the wood to make a siege, why did the Torah explicitly say, you can only cut down a not Fruit producing tree answers the Gemara. If you're making a siege and you need wood, if the only option is a fruit producing tree, then you could cut it down. Or if there's a purpose why you're cutting down a tree, even if it gives fruit, do it. But if you have an option, I need wood, I'm waging war, there's a purpose for me needing wood. The question is, which tree should I cut down? Then which one should come first? The one that's anyways non-fruit producing. Now you would think that the precedent of a non-fruit tree always comes before a fruit tree. Also not true. That's why the trader uses the words rak. Rak is lamayet. Rak is to tell you that it's not absolutely so. That there could be times. Look at this. That you have a non Sarak, non-fruit, and yes, fruit. But the one that produces fruit, its wood, has a lot more value than its fruit. The moment the wood has more value than the fruit, then you can cut it down. It's also not considered hashchasa. You're not, you're not destroying. Amazing. Is that independent of there being another tree? Or independent of there being another tree. The very fact that the wood is worth more than the fruits, cutting it down doesn't mean you're destroying it. Burning it is called destroying it. Why did you do that? The burning man over here, Meshugayim, burn. But, but using, cutting it down, you, you want the wood. Says the Gemara Shmuel, I Shmuel had fields. And he had people that worked for him. They were sharecroppers. So there was a time that Shmuel's sharecropper brought for Shmuel some of his, uh, some of his dates. Achel, Shmuel ate it. And he tasted wine taste in it. He asked the artist, what's going on over here? So he told him, that it was near, not Baini, Baini, you're not allowed to plant different types of fruits together, but it's encroaching, it's near the vineyard. So Amar Sushmol tells his artist, that wow, that this date is impairing the good quality of the wine. The fact that I taste the grapes in the dates, means that it's being yoinic, that it's taking the nutrients that are going into the vines, which means that the vines are going to be devaluated. So this is damaging my vineyard. Devalued. Devalued. I want you to bring me the roots of this palm tree. He told him to uproot the palm tree. Ah, you're not allowed to uproot a fruit-producing tree. There was a reason. What was the reason? That it's damaging the vines. Now the Chassam Seifer says that being that he told them to bring me the roots, he also told them a, a hint, Yataka have the right to cut down the tree, but don't knock it down from the middle, try to uproot it with the roots, it's possible to be replanted, now you're not always going to succeed, no, it's minimize the damage, but it's not called Baltashchis, next, Rabchizda, Chaza, Talei, Rabchizda, Soam, palm saplings, Bein gufne that were growing amongst his vines. Amalilarisa, he told his worker, Akrinu gufne, I want you to uproot the palm saplings. Why? Akrinu, uproot the palm saplings, because gufne, from Rashi says, from geffen, from grapes, meaning from wine, wine is so expensive, that I can sell the wine and with its profit, 
Dikle, I can buy new palm trees. I can buy land and, palm, and, and plant palm trees. But Dikle, but how much profit will he get from dates? Very little. If I'm going to leave the dates, I won't be able to buy other land to, pa- to plant vineyards. So one of them has to get uprooted. Which one takes precedence? Vine, grapes are first. They are more valuable. Moving on to the next Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, continuing... And as we learned, Pshat at the Mishnah and Pei and Tzadik and the Barim is speaking about Boishes. And again, we began, even after Kela Chaveroi, we learned Pshat Boishes. That there was a seller, he got a mana, he got 200 zoos, he got 400 zoos. So says the Mishnah, even when the assailant paid whatever Bezdin says he needs to pay. Nevertheless, when will he be fully forgiven? Only only after he apologizes and he asks for forgiveness and the victim will forgive him. Only then is he forgiven. You can't say, I hurt you. You took me to a dentator. They, they made me pay you and I paid you and I'm good. No. Financially you're good. When am I forgiven? When I ask for forgiveness. Shinevan as it says, the story of Avimelech, Avraham and Sarah that uh, he came to Gerar. What did they ask Avraham? Is she your sister or is she your wife? As we'll see in the Gemara. Avraham Avinu already taught, taught the world the importance of Achmas HaSarchem. When you, when you see a new person, you ask them, where are you eating? Do you need food? You don't ask him, is she your wife or your, or your sister? So the moment he heard those questions, he understood that these are immoral people. That's all they're thinking about. And therefore he told them, she's my sister. Avimelech took her to be with her. God made a miracle and he wasn't functioning. And the whole, the whole country was punished, as we'll see soon in the Gemara. And then when Hashem tells Avimelech, return her to him, Hashem tells Avimelech that apologize. He should daven for you and then you'll be forgiven. So Hashem tells Avimelech, return her, a married woman, to her husband because he's a Navi. The literal meaning is, is that Hashem is telling Avimelech that Avram Avinu, because he's a Navi, he will know that she was never defiled. And that's why he'll, forgi- he'll take a forgive you. So you have to ask for forgiveness. On the other hand, the victim should know that if the victim does not apologize, he's considered cruel. Because Avram Avinu right away forgave. Avram Avinu davened, and God forgave. God healed whatever ailment, whatever plague God did afflict Avimelech and his entire country, as we'll see in a moment. Next, Ha'imer says the Mishnah, if a person tells the other, blind my eye, or if a person says, cut off my hand, or if one tells the other, you know, break my leg, and he did it, says the Mishnah, the assailant has to pay for the damage. Just because I told you to do it, it doesn't mean I'm telling you to do it and you won't have to pay. Not only that, adds the Mishnah. Even if the Nebuch victim, the one who started all this, tells the assailant, you can cut off my hand on condition that there will be no liability. Still, you did it, Chayef. You have no right to injure anyone ever, and if you did it, you have to pay whatever the, you know, the punishment is, up to the Hamish of the However, when is that true? Only when the request was for bodily damage. But if one person tells the other, Krask, Susi, rip my garment, that's already not me, the person. Or, Shwaitis Kadi, break my jug. 
if he only tells him that line and he breaks his jug, you have to pay. But here, if he says, break my jug and you won't be liable, then Taka, you won't be liable. Let's leave that a lot more for the Gemara. Next. All of this above is if I tell you what to do for me. God forbid, hurt me, rip my garment. But if I tell you to hurt someone else, even if I tell you, do it to someone else, and you won't be held liable, I'll be held liable. So the din is Chayiv, the one who did it is Chayiv. Why did you listen to me? You're not allowed to injure anyone. Right, learn from the Pasik in Pasha Shoftim that even when a base then gives Malchus to someone who deserves Malchus, the trader says, Lo Yosef, don't give more than the 39 minus 1. Pen Yosef, you might give one and you might kill the person. You're not allowed to damage anyone. And that goes, Bein Begufe, Bein No difference whether you damage someone else's body, whether you damage someone else's property, even if I told you to do it, the one who did the damage is Chayv to pay. We learned in Abraisa called Elu Shamru the Meboishtoi. Everything we learned in the previous Mishnah. Again, the Sela, the Tanakama, the Mana, Rabbi Yehuda, Mishum, Rabbi Yosi, Haglili, and then the two hundred Zuz and the four hundred Zuz is only the money of shame. Avul Tsaroi. Tsaroi means the mental anguish suffered because of the shame. Wow. For that, Afilu Evi Kol Elin Avoyishba Even if the aggressor gave him. The greatest rams in the world. Nevoyos is actually the name of one of Yishmael's children. And that clan, they raised the best rams in the world. Or Nevoyos means good, gesunta, thick, fat, juicy rams. Even if the assailant, after paying boishas, to get appeasement for the fact that I caused you mental anguish. Here they say in English, emotional uh, distress. If he gives him all of that money in the world, a nimchaloi, he won't be forgiven. Achi yivakir until he asks for forgiveness. Okay, but it's not monetary. Not monetary. So if monetary in halacha is not for emotional anguish, it's only for shame, and it's taka very hard to assess it. And we don't, and we're not going with that bebavul. We don't know how to do. It. We don't have smicha to do it. And since there's no monetary loss, we learned that we don't say shlichu sayu So there's no charge for busha. But where where there is smicha, even there, shame they assess. What about the pain? You gotta ask for forgiveness. What takes away the anguish is the fact that oh, that person asked for my mechila. Shneim and as it says, Hashev eishes hoish kinovihu vayispalu baatcha. In other words, that only after Avram Avinu was gonna daven for to Hashem to take away that terrible plague that God brought on the house of Avimelech, the chevr of Avimelech, only then was it taken away, implying that before Avram Avinu forgave him. There was still something against him. You have to ask for Mechilam. Now, asks the Gemara, why did Hashem tell Avimelech return his wife? Kinavihu. Now, we really explain. That means that he was telling Avimelech, don't think Avram Avinu won't take her back. He's a Navi. He knows that Yutaka never defiled her. But here we're asking, nevertheless, if the wording is weird. The wording implies you only have to return her to him because he's a prophet. Somehow implying that if you steal someone else's wife, if he's not a prophet, well, then, you, then you don't have to return the wife. The Aishas Navi Bayadurei, but Aishas Acherloi Bayadurei. So Amr Rabbi Shmuel Barachmein, Amr Rabbi Yehonasan, like this. Hashem Aishas So Ish, return her. She's a married woman. Mikal Makayim. That has you have to. If you steal someone else's wife, no matter whose, you have to give her back. 
but you, Avimelech, told me, God, will you execute a nation? You know what he meant? He meant him. He called himself the whole nation. Right? Even though we're innocent, because he was taken innocent. He, Abraham Avinu, said on Sarah, she's his sister. And even she also, Amri, she told me that, she, that he's a brother. So I'm innocent. Why are you punishing me? To which God replied, Navihu. One second, he's a Navi. Meaning, the Kvar Limit, he already taught the world. And you should have learned that Achsnoi, that a guest, Shabalair, that comes into the city, Al Iske Achilo People have to ask him, Where are you eating? Where are you drinking? That's, that's called Achnosasarchim. Right? Do people ask him regarding his wife? That question in itself is treif. And you know, so therefore, as we explained, the moment they started to ask, your people started to ask regarding who was Sodom, he understood he entered an immoral place. And he rightfully lied to protect his life. Because he was afraid that if he would say that she's my wife, that he would be killed for people to take her away. And the contact from here we learn that if a Ben Noyach violated one of the Shavah Mitzvahs Ben Noyach, but he violated it because he didn't know, and later he wants to claim, I didn't know, that's not an excuse. Since it was taught, you should have learned. And in Bizman Nehem, who was the master teacher? Avram Avinu. And the fact that he was known to be a Navi, people knew that his teachings should be followed. You cannot even claim ignorance. You should have known and taught your country people that when a guest comes, you don't ask regarding who is that woman. You ask regarding how are you? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Etc. Vaiter, it says in the Torah, Ki Otsoir, Otsar Hashem, that Hashem restrained their rooms. Omar Abelazar, the Torah repeats the words Otsoir, Otsar, Shtei Atsir, Salololamam, Achaz Beish, that there was a plague which was that the man's inwards did not function, meaning that from the moment that Avimelech kidnapped Sodom, there was no ability for man to procreate. Sheikh and Shtayim Be'isha, and there were two punishments on the women. One, Sheikh Vazera. Sheikh Vazera either would mean that they were unable to ovulate, or even if they had a relation with their husbands, but from that moment on, the Zera of the man wasn't functioning to impregnate her egg, and Veleda, all of the women that were needed to give birth, they were unable to give birth. That's a terrible punishment. We learned in Abraisa, more, that there were two punishments on all of the men. One was Sheikh Vazera, and Ketanim, they were unable to urinate. Once Hashem restrained their inwards. And Shloisha Be'isha, there were three punishments on women. Sheikh Vazera, whatever that means, she didn't ovulate, or the Zera in her was unable to function. And Ketanim, and Veleda. Ravina Amar, more Sholesh Be'ish, Sheikh Vazera, that men were unable to have relations with women, Viktanim, and they were unable to urinate, Upitabas, they couldn't go Gedoilim. And Arba Be'isha, Sheikh Vazera, Veleida, Viktanim, Upitabas. Whatever that was, the moment Avimelech returned Sarah, they were all healed from the ailment. Ba'at kol rechem, that Hashem restrained every orifice. What does that refer to? Omri debate Abiyanai, afilu tarni goyles, shaldeis Avimelech, that even a chicken in the house of Avimelech, loy hitil abit was unable to lay eggs. 
So this punishment was on other Mubehemam. Amalai Rava Leraba Barmari. Rava asked the following question to Rabba Barmari. We're going to have a fascinating Gemara. That's going to start here. It's going to end on Lafzad Gimel. That will discuss 17, imagine, 17 different exchanges that happened between Rava and Rabba Barmari, in which Rava quotes a certain saying and asks Rabba Barmari, where is there a source for such a saying? Interesting expressions. Rabba Barmari finds a source. In some of these cases, and you'll notice, wherever Rabba's source is not from Chumash, even if he brings a source from Nach, certainly if he brings a source from the Torah Shabal Peh, if Rabba finds a source in Chumash, he tells him, you brought a source, I'll bring you a source from Chumash Yechumash Torah. So look at this. So he tells him, Mino Hamil Sodom Rabbanan, what is this? No, no, there were so many Rabbas, correct. For where is... For, for where is the source for that that the sages said that call him that whoever asks from God Almighty mercy on his friend when he himself needs it for himself and instead of him beginning to ask for himself first he asks for the other so the rule is God will grant him his wish first even though he didn't ask for it because you daven for someone else so where is that from so Amalei so Rabba. Barmari tells him Dikhsif and he brings him a Pasik and Eov. Now Eov's friends, being that they uh, did not speak properly to Eov, so there was going to be a divine retribution that all of the terrible things that happened to Eov should have happened to his friends. And Eov was aware of that, and Eov Davind, not for himself. Eov Davind, God don't punish my friends. The moment he Davin for his friends, that is when God took away all of the terrible things that were happening to Eov. That Hashem shav eshvus Eov. That Hashem restored everything that was taken from Eov. When? When he davened for his colleagues. So that's a Gavalika source. That call him avakish. For his friend, That's a source. So Amalei, so Rabbah tells, Rabbah Barmari, At oma oma omrat mehasam. You are bringing me a source, like I mentioned, from Nach. Va'ano amino, and I'll tell you another source. Ki'ilu, a better source. From the Chamish Yechum Shetayram. It says here in this story, that Vayispalol Avram Elohim, that after he returned Sarah, Avraham davened to Elohim, to Hashem. Vayirpo Elohim Asavimelech, and Elohim healed Avimelech, Vesishtoy and his wife, Amhoisav, and all of his made servants, as we explained, that this plague was for all the people there. And Vixiv, and it says right afterwards, Vahashem Paka the Sara Kashar Omar, that Hashem remembered Sara. What does Kashar Omar meaning? Says the Gemara Kashar Omar Avram of Avimelech. That when Av- Avram was davening to Avimelech, allow women in this area to be able to give birth. So who was answered first? Sara was remembered. Now here we have a very famous Taisvis. Look inside Taisvis, second one in the Amid. Kashir Omar Avram Elavi Melech. So many of us heard this, right? When we went to Cheder. Ah, when did Sarah get remembered? When did she get pregnant? When Avram was davening for Avimelech's household to be healed from all of these challenges, Shechvazera and Leda. So says Tois was We're not speaking about Sarah getting pregnant. Why? Shaharei Hamalachim Bisrei Asara Mi Pesach now we're going to have a lot of, uh, just a, I'll bring up more questions than answers. But here what Taisva says. When did the Malachim visit Avram and Sarah? So the Shalosh Ugois, right, Matzah. 
So it was on Pesach. Only problem is, as we'll speak out in the Marshah, not so simple. Because when did that whole event take place? On the third day of the Brismillah of Avraham Avinu. And we have a tradition, we'll get to that in the Marshah, that Avraham Avinu had his bris on Yom Kippur. But let's begin with Taisus. Taisus says, Since the Malachim notified Sodom, me Pesach Shalafanov. So therefore, Bashem Pakad the Sarah, when, when did that happen? When does God remember? No, on Rosh Hashanah. So it must be that she was pregnant from then. And she carried a pregnancy for six months. And we already learned that Kolayaledis, Leshivas, time. You don't even need a full six months. She was going to have a hard delivery. And at Mama Schwitz, what was the prayer that Avram Avinu had? We just had. That they couldn't give birth. So when he prayed that Hashem should make them the Gerarites, the Avimelechniks, to have easy deliveries, so Hashem remembered Sarah and she had an easy birth. So it fits. That what she prayed for was that what she got. So let me quickly read the Masha Chadushia Godois. So says the Marshal that with Vereyam Elu Soisim, that what Toysus writes contradicts what Toysus writes, the Perekamad Rosh Hashanah, that Avram Avinu Nimel Yom Kippur. The whole thing doesn't work now. When did the Malachim come to Avram Avinu? Three days after his Brismila. It says in the Torah. By Yamashlishi. When is that? For us, for Lubavitch, you know, in the yard site, Hilul of the Rebbe Rashab, Yud Gimel Tishrei. That Gimel Bo Malachim, Lubavitch, Sodom. So one second. So how does that work? So she got notified that she's going to get pregnant then. So the Masha writes over here. It's good to remember this Masha. That the Shapir Motsin and Lo'aikma, we can interpret it the way we always understood it. That Hashem remembered Sarah that she should get pregnant. What exactly happened? That Sarah got pregnant on Rosh Hashanah. That Rosh Hashanah, Hoya Bihiroin Mamish. However, the Psura, I'm reading in the Marsha, Hoya Acharze. So she got, so now it's copying something even greater. When, when was she notified? Yud Gimel Tishrei. But when did she get pregnant? On Rosh Hashanah. And that's the Vahashem Pak at the Sodom. Forget about Briz. So the question is, how long was she, did, when was Yitzchak born? So that was the whole Machlekes we had on Rosh Hashanah. Consistently, Rabbi Yezir, Rabbi Yeshua. Was, you know, what happened in Isin, what happened in Tishrei? Anyway, a lot more to speak about it. Just remember here, Baba Kama Tzadik Beis, that we have Shitas Toysviz that says that she got pregnant Pesach. She gave birth right after this event, Rosh Hashanah time. The challenge was regarding an easy or difficult birth. And since Avraham Avinu was mispalel ba'ad kaviyachal chaveroi avimelech, so therefore he was blessed first and she gave birth without any pain or with minimized pain. Back in the Gemara. So now, like we mentioned, now that we mentioned this exchange between Rava and Rabba Barmari, continues the Gemara. Amale, another exchange. We're going to have a total of 17. Let's see how many we can hop on in this year. Amale, Rava, Rabba Barmari. Rava told Rabba Barmari, what is the source for that which people say? That Bahadi, Hutsa, Lucky, Kirava. That along with the thorns, the cabbage gets smitten. When you want to rip out thorns, sometimes you rip out the cabbage in it. Which implies that sometimes it appears as if tzaddikim are punished with rishayim. Once there is a punishment, kiven shenitin rishus lamashchis is einem afchim and tzaddik l'rasha, so to say. So Amalei Rabba responded again a pasuk from Nach. The Chesivit says by Yirmiyahu, Lamo terivo Eloi. God says, Why do you contend with me? 
Kulchem pishachem be all of you sinned against me, says Hashem. All of you? Irmiyo was a navi atzadik. But here you see that if the community is sinning, then you can include even the tzadikim. All of you are paisheya b. So Amalei Rabba tells Rabba Barmari at Amrat Mahasam. Very nice. He's not disagreeing with him. You have a source from Nach, but Ba'ano Amina Mahachi, I'll tell you a Pasik. The Pasik is in Shemais. That what happened after in the end of Bishalach when, when the manna fell and Hashem told the people not to go and collect on Shabbos, and some people went out, they found nothing. So Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, An ono ma'antem, until when will you refuse lishmar mitzvaysai Which is referring to keeping Shabbos. But who was Hashem speaking to? Kaviyachal? All of you, including the tzaddikim. Here we find that we include sometimes what appears the tzaddikim with the tzaddikim. Amalei, next statement, Amalei, Ravalei, that The third thing, it says in the Pasik, Umiksei Echav Lokach, that when Yosef Atzadik was taking some of his brothers in front of Parai, and as we learned in Chumash Rashi, that he didn't want for Parai to take them to be generals of war. So the Torah doesn't say which were the brothers that he took. Chamisha Noshim, he took five men. So Rabbah asked Rabbah, Man Ninu Chamisha, who were the five Shvatim? So Amalei, so Rabbah tells him, Hachi Amar that you know who he took? Oisam Shuch Bulu B'Shemois. When Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of the Torah, Zaysabracha, when he blessed all of the Shvatim, some of the Shvatim were people to whom he repeated their names twice. Why did he repeat their names twice? That implies because they were weak. Physically, or they appeared weak. Who were those people? That was Zvulin, God, Dun, Asher, and Naftali. Those were the five Shvatim. So the question is, Rabbi tells Rabbi, hold on, there was another one that is repeated, and he de- definitely did not appear weak, and he was not weak. He was the Gibar. He was the Arisha Bechabura. Yehudanami Yichpulei Michbal. Yehuda's name was repeated twice. In other words, in the Brachas, in the brachas of the Zois HaBracha, Yehuda's name is repeated twice. So Amalei, Rabbi responded, Ah, he was repeated for a, a special circumstance. The Amar Shmuel Banachmeni Amar Rabbi Yenison. what's the meaning? When first Moshe Rabbeinu blessed Reuven, he used the words Yechir Reuven, Reuven should live for all Yomais and not die. He misav mispad. His men should be all counted for. And right afterwards, it says v'zois liYehuda, and this should be for Yehuda. Vayoymar, right? We know this. Shema Hashem kol Yehuda, etc. So what's the v'zois? That's the question. And this to Yehuda. So it explains Rabbi Yehuda in the following: that kol oisamar boim shana shayisrael ba'midbar during the forty years that we were in the desert. The bones of Yehuda were rolling around in their coffin. They were t- detached. Not only was Yosef HaTzadik taken out, all of the Shvatim were taken out of Mitzrayim. And they were all going to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, which they were. However, all of the Shvatim's bodies remained intact. Yosef HaTzadik's, the bones detached themselves from each other. And they were rolling around. And that went on all the way until the end. Until Moshe Rabbeinu came, and he asked mercy from Hashem. What was the issue over here? So when Yehuda was trying to convince Yaakov Avinu to allow him to go with Binyamin to get food and to get back Shimon, and Yaakov was very afraid, so Reuven's arguments didn't work. 
But Yehuda told his father that if I will not bring Binyamin back, then I will have sinned to you all of my days, meaning I'll be in Khairim in this world and in the next world. Now, words of a tzaddik have effect. And even though he brought back Binyamin, or Yaakov came there to Egypt, but because he uttered those words, he was somehow put into Khairim in this world and in the next. Khairim is Bigamatriya 248, Ches Reish Mem. So meant that all of his bones ripped themselves apart from each other. They were dislocated. And it also meant that he had an issue getting into where he needed to get in the higher world. So Omar, Lefanov, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, Master of the world, Mi garam li Yehuda Who inspired Yehuda to admit on a sin that's recorded in Parshas Vayishlach? There it says, Vayishkov is bila pelegesh aviv Vayishma Yisrael. And really, as we learn, Chumash Rashi, God forbid that Reuven by Yishkav Azbilo. What it means is that after Rachel Imenu passed away, so then Yaakov Avinu moved his permanent res- residency in Rachel's maidservant's home, in Bilah's tent. Reuven, defending his mother Leah's honor, took his bed and moved it into Leah's tent. And that was something on, on Reuven's madrega. It was town to mount to God forbid him sleeping with Bilah. And he did a terrible sin. Now ultimately, he owned it. And he verbalized and he asked for forgiveness. Now who inspired him to be Maida? Yehuda. In the story of Yehuda and Tamar, when Yehuda said, Sat kamimeni, I was the one that got her pregnant. When Reuven heard about that, he was inspired to be Maida for a sin. Now it's Gavaldic. When it says that Yechir Reuven Ba'al Yamais. Why did Reuven live and he, was not die- he didn't die? And really, the Himnisav Mispar, not all his men were intact. All of his bones were intact. Why is that? Because of Yehuda. So Moshe Rabbeinu was telling God, Yehuda was the one that inspired Reuven to do tshuva, and Reuven was not punished. So Vizoyishli Yehuda. Is it feared that Yehuda should be punished? So why does it say, Shema Hashem kol Yehuda. Hashem accepted that argument. And the moment Hashem accepted that Rachmanas that Moshe Rabbeinu asked, all Eivarei Lushafa, all of the bones went back into the joints. Anes, the bones, the bones, you know, like in the valley of the dried bones, they all gathered together. So that was good for his body. But still, he was still not allowed to enter. He was still in a chedim from the Yeshiva Shalmailah. So Yehuda... So for that, the passage continues that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem ve'el amoy tivi'anu, return unto his people. And the moment he said those words, Yehuda was allowed to enter the Masif to the Rekia. However, he had no understanding what they were talking about. And therefore he was unable because the language was foreign. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu continued by saying the words that Yadav Ravloi you know, may his hands fight his grievance. When we learn, how do we learn? We learn with our hands. Really, so he was unable to engage. So Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, allow his hands to get involved. And it worked. And he began to understand their language. He remembered Yiddish. And he was able to engage. But still, But whatever Yehuda was saying was not being accepted as halacha. So that's why the final passage concludes, the Ezer mitzarov And you, God, will be a help against his adversaries, adversaries, meaning that Hashem allowed Yehuda's opinions to be accepted all the way into Allah. 
the fourth statement, the fourth exchange. What is the source from that which people say that poverty follows the poor? Really, the statement continues and wealth follows the wealthy. Rabbi tells him, ah, that is based on a Mishnah. The Tanan we learn, a Mishnah in Bikurim, when we brought Bikurim, so the wealthy brought it in golden baskets. But when they gave the Bikurim to the Kayan, the Kahanim got the baskets, but the donors took back their baskets. They didn't lose a penny. However, they brought it in golden baskets or silver. However, the poor people brought the Bikurim they brought it in peeled willow twigs and they needed to leave it for the Kahanim. So the little Nebuch de Keshmata basket that they had, that also they lost. You see, poverty follows the poor. I really, there's so much in Hasidus on it. The Neshama is the fruit and the basket is the goof. And our mission is not only to connect the Neshama to God, but it's to elevate the goof. So people that are wealthy, here it's in the negative. In other words, that their goof is gold, they give too much importance to the body. So even when they do mitzvahs, they affect the Neshama. But the body remains the property of the owner. It's not elevated to Kahanim. When our bodies are subservient to the Neshama, it's less important, it's poor compared to, that even the bodies get elevated. But coming back over here, literally, bottom line is, is that the poor people lost their baskets. Bite the But they didn't do that. They never, they never intended to do that. And that's not what happened. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, right there. at Omrat, the moment we're giving our gold to the, to the Kahanim, that means that for us, it's twigs. Very good. Omale, so Rava tells him, again, he had a source from Tanoim. At Omrat Mahasim. Good, you found the source. I'm going to find the source. Again, in Chamishi Chum We've got to move. And what's the source? The Tomei Tomei Yikra. In Parshas Tazriah, once a person is condemned to move out because they were condemned to be a Mitzvah, they have to announce that I am Tomei. So like Rashi says, it's not enough that he's already ashamed that he's a Mitzvah. He has to publicly humiliate himself after the poor runs the poverty. That poverty runs after the poor. Fighter, fifth. The fifth exchange. From where do we have the source that which the sages say? This is really the great Rabbi Kiva, as we learned in Psacham Kufyud days, that he instructed his children before he passed away. And one of the things he told him is Hashkem Ve'echoil. When you wake up, eat early. Not, God forbid, before davening. The Zionists before davening is something else. But he didn't mean to eat before he davens. He meant, wake up early. So you'll learn early. So you'll daven early. So you'll still eat breakfast earlier in the morning. And why is that important? The kayets in the summer that will protect you from all the ailments that can come from the chama, that can come from the sun. The chayet of eating an early breakfast will protect you from all of the ailments that can come from the tzin and from the cold. And the Amri Inchi, and people say on that, that Shitin Rohutiro, that you can have 60 people that run. And they'll never catch up to the person, the Mitzafra Karach, that eats bread in the morning. Eating Pashachris is that great, it will make you that much stronger. Where do we know it from? So Rabbah Barmari answered, it says in Yeshaya, that Loy Yiravu, Voloy Yitzamu, that you won't hunger and you won't thirst. In other words, if you will not hunger and thirst, 
if he'll eat early in the morning, then lo yakem sharav v'shemesh. So then sharav, that's taichet, as heat, or the heat, or the sun, or sharav means the cold, and the sun will not smite you. What's eating in the morning is pre- preventative medicine. So again, Omar Lei, Rabbah tells Rabbah, at Omrat Mahasam, you found a Pasik in Yeshaya, I'm going to find you a Pasik in Shemais, a Pasik in Mishpatim, in Chamish Yechum It says in Mishpatim, Va'avadetem es Hashem Alikeichem, serve God, and as we know, what does serving God mean? What's Avodah? Avodah Shabalev, Zutfilah, very interestingly, we include Shema in it, so Zu, that refers to Kriya Shema Tzfilah, and then the Pasuk continues, that I will bless your bread and your water. So says, Rava, Zu, pass the Melech, Vekitin Shomayim. Taka Beseder has a Shma, Davin, Shma Shmona Esrei, and then eat bread and drink water. Have bread with salt, and have a pitcher of water. How does the Pasuk end? I will take away illness from amongst your midst. I'll take away illnesses from you. So says the Gemara of Etanya, we learned in Abraisa that Machla, the word Machla, illness, refers specifically to the mother, to the gallbladder. The gallbladder, if it, if, it, if it gives off too much bile, it causes all sorts of illnesses. And why are we calling that excess bile from the gallbladder? Machla, because it can cause 83 illnesses, and the word in Lashon Kaidish of illness, Machla, has a Rashi Tevis, 83. Now, the Kulam, all of these illnesses won't even befall us if Pas Bemelach Shachnes Vikitan Shalmayim. That if we have bread with salt and we have a pitcher of water, if we have that Mevatlan, it nullifies. It takes away these illnesses. By the way, the Rashi in Bava Metziah says that water is only when you don't have wine. Even better, a pitcher of wine. Bread, salt, and water or wine. The sixth exchange. Here in the side, here the Messiah Sashas amends that this is not the Amar Abanan, but this is the, the most, the Amri Inshi. Most of these exchanges is not based on a Maimar Chazal, it's on what people say. But people have correct sayings sometimes. And we're looking for a source. And what was that saying? Look at this. That Chavroch Karyoch Chamara, that if your friend calls you a donkey, if your friend tells you that you have a non-positive attribute, Ukafa Legaboch Mush, put a saddle on your back. In other words, accept the words of criticism from your friends. Where do we know that from? Amalei, so Rabbi responded And here he quoted the Pasuk already in Chumash. A Pasuk in Lech Lecha, That when Hagar ran away the first time, when, when Sarai expelled her, so by Yoimar, the Malach tells Hagar, he says, Hagar Shifcha Sarai, Hagar the maidservant of Sarai, Aim is that boss, Va'ana Selchi, from where do you come? Where are you going? Now the angel called her Hagar Shifcha Sarai. We know that Hagar was a princess. She wanted to belong to Avram Avinu's household even only as a Shifcha. But now that she was expelled, you can argue that when the angel called her Hagar Shifcha Sarai, she should have said, I'm not a Shifcha. She was being, so to say, demoted. In a certain sense, criticized. And instead of her challenging it, 
Vatoimar, you know what she responded? Mipnei Sarai Givirti. I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. So she accepted that she's taken the Shivcha Sarah. If a friend criticizes you, if it's coming from a friend, be smart, accept the criticism. Next statement. What is the source for the following saying that Milsa that if you have a fault, you should bring it up first. <coughs> a person who has a fault should bring up first their own fault. That's a lot better. <coughs> no, because he brought a Kapasik and Chomish. And by the way, there were certain times that Rabbah didn't give a better. We'll find later that even when Rabbah quoted Tanakh or Mishnai's Braises, if Rabbah didn't find something better, I'm just making an observation that from the times that Rabbah had a better, it was always that Rabbah brought something not from Hamishi Chomshetayra and Rabbah brought. So, next statement, that if you have a fault, bring it up first. Don't put yourself on a pedestal to be knocked down. It's much smarter. Amalei, Dixiv. Also from Hamishi Chomshetayr, from Pashas Chayyasara, by Yoimar, when the said the Shlichus to find the Shidduch Verifka, how did Eliezer open up by saying Eved Avram Anoichi? I'm an Eved Avram. He didn't make himself that important, and if he would have done that, then it's possible they would have demoted him. But from the outset, he humbled himself. Amalei, the eighth exchange. That oh my What's the source for the following saying that that a goose stoops as it goes? There are certain creatures that appear only to be looking right down to their feet, which to a certain degree that's a sign or an expression of being humble. But even the goose, the name the his eyes are looking in the distance for food, meaning that even humble people should always. Look at the bigger picture. That's important. So we told him, ah, that I'll find here it's already in Nach. It says by Shmuel, in the Maisa of Abigail and Novel, Novel was married to Abigail. Novel Melech asked 10 people to ask Novel to feed his troops. And Novel gave a very coarse, disrespectful response to David. David was going to go kill him. Abigail went out to calm David down. And she succeeded. So she was very humble. But she foresaw that Novel will die. And she wanted, she was uh, one of the seven prophetesses amongst the Jewish people. She wanted to become David's wife, which she became. So she right away then put that idea in his head. So she was humble, but she was still looking in the distance. She tells David, the hate of Hashem that God will make good to you, to my master. Remember your maidservant. And here I see Danny here, Rabbi didn't answer. He didn't find the source in the Chumash. What's the source for the following statement? Shitin Tichlei Matya 68. 60 pains afflict a Matya Lachava, afflict a person's tooth. 60 afflictions afflict your tooth. The call Chavri Shama when you hear someone else eating, and you cannot partake. It's when you are the fear of missing out, what do they call that? Huh? FOMO, where did we get it from? Amalei Dechsev, it says in Malachim that Bali, that happened was like this that Adonio, sadly one of the sons of David HaMelech was making a rebellion against him and part of that attempted rebellion was he made a very big party but he did not invite Nasan Hanavi and others and during that party people already proclaimed Adonio as a king Yechi Adonio, God forbid, they were rebelling against David now when he, Nasan Hanavi was notifying David what's really happening David, from the love of his children, he couldn't see their faults. So he told them what they did. But part of the bad, what they did, he hacked in that I was not invited. 
and I, your servant, and Sadek Hakayin, the first white line, and Binayahu Ben Yehoyada, U Shleim Avdecha Leikari didn't invite them. Are you kidding me? Tell them that they, they were proclaiming Abdenayahu as king. That was Taka, that also, that was the Iker. But he also told them it was a party and we were not invited. Amalei, so now Rabbah tells Rabbah at Amrat Nahasam. You found the Pasik in Nach. I know. I find the Pasik in Chumash, Mahache, in Pashas Chayesara. That after Eliezer succeeded in Ashlichus and he brings Rivka back, it says in the Chumash that Vayivyeva Yitzchak Ho'ihela Sara Imai, that he brought Rivka into the tent of his mother Sara, Vayikachas Rivka, and he married her, Vatehila Leishan, they were husband and wife, and Vayyehaveha, and Yitzchak loved her, Vayyenachim Yitzchak Achayimai, and this was his full consolement after the loss of his mother. And it says right afterwards, Basrei, by Yosef Avram, by Yikachisha, Avram Avinu went and he took a wife and her name was Keturah. So why did Avram Avinu marry her then? Because he saw that Yitzchak got married and this, this human nature that when someone else, when a group does something, you got to join them. Bite it. The tenth exchange, Rava tells Inshi, what's the source for the following saying? That Hamra that even though the wine belongs to its owner, who do you thank when you get the wine? You don't always thank the owner of the wine. You thank to the waiter that poured it for you. Sometimes people give thank you to the wrong guy. What's the source for that? Now whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, we'll see soon Rashi Toysus. Armalei, the Chesibit says on Pinchas, the Samachtos Yotcha Olav that Hashem instructs Moshe Rabbeinu, you lean your hands on the head of Yeshua, Laman Yishmu'un V'yiron Koladas Bnei Yisrael, that's the way they're going to listen and they're going to have awe of Yeshua. And it says at the end, that V'yoshua benun Malei Ruach Chachma, that he was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Ki Samach Moshe Es Yoddav Olav, because Moshe leaned his hands. Vayishmu Elav Kol Bnei Yisrael. In other words, it's written in the Pasuk, let's begin with Rashi, Ki'ilu, that people attributed Yeshua's greatness to whom? To Moshe Rabbeinu. But really, who was the Ruach from? From God Almighty. So, even though the owner of the special powers that were given to Yeshua were only given through Moshe, he was like the waiter pouring the wine. Who did people acknowledge? Only the waiter, only the shliach, only the middle person. And that's the way Rashi learns Pshat. So in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, as opposed to Hashem. That's what Rashi says. Let's hop right away to Second to and the Ahmed. To learns the whole thing in a positive. That Chamra de Marei, that even though the wine belongs to the master, but the thank you goes Lashakye to the one who pours it. Kolaymer says Toysvis, that Amashke, that the waiter also has some type of power. He can, even if the waiter was told by the master, pour wine, he can be stingy or he can be generous. He can pour with one hand or pour with two hands. He can give you a lot of wine or a little wine. That the Amashke noisen ba'ayin yafa. Let me show the waiter gives. But ayin yafa if he wants to. as it says in the Medrash, that toiv ayin that the one who has a good eye blesses. And who does that refer to? Says the Medrash, it goes to Moshe Rabbeinu all of a shalom. Baruch God tells Moshe Rabbeinu v'samachta yodcha, yodcha meaning in the singular, lean your hand on his head. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He leaned both of his hands yodav, v'yismach yodav alav. Now Taisvus says u'bekontris peirish ba'ifan acher. 
He says that, yeah, Rashi learns the whole thing like a taina, that we should have acknowledged God. Taisva says, no, that the waiter is taka thanked. Moshe Rabbeinu is given credit because Moshe Rabbeinu went beyond what he was asked and he gave Yeshua from both of his hands. Back in the Gemara. Next. Next exchange. Abu the What is the source for the following saying that Kalba that a dog in its hunger will eat up Rashi says Gilali means stones then Rashi brings the normal Gilali means excrement but that's not the Rashi says he accepts the first interpretation that when a dog is hungry he'll even eat stones as it says Rabbi answered that when someone is satiated he'll trample on a honeycomb it means he'll have in front of him the greatest delicacies if you're full you won't care. But the nefesh, the evil, but when a soul is hungry, kol mar, even that which is bitter, will be considered sweet. Masuk. And here again, Rava did not have a better option. So that's the source from Mishlei. Next, 12. What's the source for that which the people say? That that a bad palm tree is going to wander and go. Gabe kina dishirache to a barren tree. In other words, when someone is empty, they attract to themselves bad people. Emptiness already attracts something worse than emptiness. That's the rule in life. There's no such a thing as empty. It attracts. So we have to hope that we attract, you know, if we're empty from bittle to God, we attract godliness. When we feel empty that we're lacking out some marashkaitan in the world, we attract that. So where do we have a source for this statement? That emptiness attracts badness. So he says, Dover said this, it's written in the Torah, and it's repeated in the Nevi'im, and it's written for a third time in Ksuvim. We'll come back to the word Ksuvim in a moment, important. We learned in the Mishnah, and it's also recorded in the Braisa, beginning. It says, Esav is considered bad. Why is he bad? Because he was the son of Yitzchak and Rivka. He had potential to be good. That's, when you choose bad, you're bad. Yishmol, to begin with, we didn't expect that much of him. He, his mother was Hagar. Compared, compared to Sarah, she was of lesser importance. So Yishmol is the empty one. Who did he attract? Who married his daughter? Machalas, Machalas. Esav. So you see that emptiness attracts badness. Vishana ben Nevi'im, as it says, by Yislaktu el Yiftach. Yiftach was the son of a concubine. Also, we didn't expect that much from him. He was an empty person. But who did he gather? Who did he attract? Anashim Reikim, boorish people, bad people. By the bad goes to empty. And by Yiu and they were with him. Or on the side, by Yitzu Imoy. Mishulish Biksuvim, it's written for a third time in Ksuvim. Okay, it's getting late, but just remember this. Chevra, Bavakamat Tzadik Beis. That there was a book called Ben Sido that was written during the beginning of the times of the second Beis Amigdash. And there are times that the Gemara quotes from Ben Sido. And that's the Toysvis here, the last Toysvis in the Amid. We're going to quote a verse, and Toysvis says that verse is nowhere in Tanakh. It's in Ben Sido. And it's very interesting that the Gemara is calling it Ksuvim. But let's read this verse. The Ksiv, as it says, or again, Toysvis here says it's written in the book called Ben Sido, that Kol Oif. That all birds, they hang out with birds of their kind. We'll see soon how this is applied. So in other words, if someone is empty, we'll hang out. Who's going to hang out with him? But it goes from bad to worse. People that are already bad. 
Ubnei Adam Ledoi Meloyan. People, you can know a person by his friends. We learned this in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is speaking about hooks. Our metal hooks, Tame. So the Mishnah says like this, that a hook is considered only a secondary instrument compared to that which the hook is hooked into. Now, there's a rule by Tom of Atara that a Pshute clay eights, flat wood wear cannot become Tame. So if there's a hook inserted in a Pshute clay eights, even if a source of Tuma touches, touches the hook, the hook cannot become Tame because kol If the hook is connected to something that's potentially Tame, like a keili, like a table, even if the table is made out of wood, it's not called pshutik leitz, and avada to other utensils, to metal utensils, kol ha-mechubar l'tame Tame. V'tanina b'b'raisa, and it's also learned in b'raisa, Rabbi Eliezer says, loy l'chilam halach zarzel eitzel oireb, the zarzel is a starling bird. Google starling. You see, it's a beautiful bird. And in Masech Tachulam, there's a machlekes, whether the zarzil is a min kosher or a min tame. And many people there said that a zarzil is a kosher type. So Rabbi Eliezer says, no, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because do you know who the zarzil hangs out with? It hangs out with a raven. And loy lechinam, halach zazil eitzel oirev. minoi. So here you see, again, that, you know, empty and bad are two good chaveidim. Let's hop one more line. The 13th, we'll finish the Mertz Hashem tomorrow. What's the source for the following saying? That, that if one calls out to you, Rashi says, if one admonishes you, and you don't respond properly, means one admonishes the other, but the other is not being makabal, the Musr, that was given properly, so he says, Remei Gudarabah, or the other version is either lift a large wall or push on him a large wall. No, it's once a person doesn't listen, then let him uh, make that mistake. Knock him over with the wall. Armalei, so he quotes a Pasuk in Yecheskel, that Yahan Tihartich, the fact that I tried to make you pure, but you did not become pure, then no longer will you be afforded that opportunity. In a positive, when a person hears Musar, they should be wise if it's coming from your friend and it's coming from a good place, except, except words of rebuke. To be continued.